Hi, and welcome to episode 288 of No Crying in Baseball, the What Happens in Vegas episode. My name is Patty, and I'm here with my friend Deborah, our West Coast correspondent. Hey, Deborah, how are you? Hey, Patty, I'm good. How are you? I am great. Um, and thank you for making me feel better about the potty mouths ditching me and going to two baseball games in Philadelphia without me. I, it's like, I'm, I'm the winner here because I've got you. Yeah, it's it's a win for me, too. I love that uh, we can record together. <laughs> so I have to admit, though, I lied to you earlier today when I said I was going to get my third cup of coffee. So um, disclaimer, we're actually doing wild and crazy things. We're recording on Saturday morning instead of Sunday night. Um, and so I told Deborah that I was getting my third uh, coffee and then things went haywire. So instead, I got a, um, a spicy peach hard cider from from the from capital city uh, cider works and it's really well, quite delicious but it's like a breakfast it's like a brunch beverage so oh, that you know delicious. it's called hot damn which also feels <laughs> feels right here so yeah so that's all good um well yes, that sounds delicious it's the capital cider house sorry I, I misspoke on the name but i got most of the words in there and they're in the wrong order i've only had one sip oh <laughs> the listeners will sort it out that's right. That's right. And I think, and and I think it's only fair that since coffee is my beer, beer can be your coffee. Oh, perfect, perfect. I like it. I like it. Um, so, on today's show, we've got Bryce Harper, Medical Miracle. We've got boyfriends, as always. We've got the you say Kike, I say Manny. Our police blotter features all Max all the time, and surprising no one, the A's are going to Vegas. Let's talk medical miracles. All right. Well, um, as reported in The Athletic yesterday, Bryce Harper, who had surgery in late November, Tommy John surgery in late November, is possibly coming back to full, like, to be a position player, not just a DH, possibly by mid-May. This is, like, astounding. Um, is it, like, months or, like, years months. ahead of time? Yeah, um it's it's crazy. Um, they the the article was actually really interesting. There was a study of Tommy John surgery on position players, and I think the fastest return ever was like 182 days or something. This would be like a full three weeks sooner than that. Um, and one of the things they attribute it to is that he's staying with the team. He has stayed with the team for his whole rehab and not just done it in isolation. So things are better when you're with your friends. So, so that's more of a mental, like you know, that that contributes to you getting better because you're you're in your community, you're with your people. I mean, I think that might be part of it, but I think it's also that he was with the team doctors and the team mm-hmm. trainers and being monitored very closely, and you know, permitted to, you know, pass milestones and go on to the next thing and. Of course, uh, you know, full disclosure, I've never been the biggest Bryce Harper fan, um, but he's grown on me. Um, uh-huh. I'm not sure why. <laughs> um, and he's apparently a very, very hard worker. He's just very motivated and loves baseball, like, to the extent where he's learning a new position. Like, he thought he might be able to come back sooner if he was at first base because the throwing duties are not as um, – as stressful at, at first base so like here's a guy who's you know how old is he is he 30 i don't think yet. something yeah. like that yeah but but he's he's not a rookie he's been playing professional ball for a long time and here he is out there learning a position he's never played 
just yeah. so he can get on the field faster. Like, I, I think that's cool. Yeah. And, and honestly, you know, we saw him coming up because he started with the Nationals as, you know, a 19-year-old kid. And things were not handed to him. Yes, he started young, but that's because you're exactly right. He worked for it. He has natural talent, but that does, didn't mean he didn't put in the work to do the job. So that's actually pretty cool. And I'm glad you brought that up about position player healing times, recovery times from Tommy John, because my first thought when I saw this was, well, I mean, he's not a pitcher. So, I mean, like, he's going to throw like four times for real during the game from the outfield. Right. So is it as important as a pitcher who's going to throw, you know, 90 pitches a game so they need more recovery time? So that's pretty impressive. Yeah. It's apparently also not I I don't remember right and left or whatever, but whatever elbow it is that he had the surgery on is not the one that is more stressed out when you're hitting. Okay. so like um, it's not on the side that gets more stress from swinging a bat. So that that helps him somewhat. But they still, you know, like one of the doctors was saying, you know, you can't just clear them because they're out there like they're headfirst sliding, they're diving for balls. And if that ligament isn't fully repaired, like it doesn't matter which side it's on or whatever. You just have to let it be fully healed or else they could rupture it just in a fall or something. So, wow. Yeah. Well, yeah. he, you know, he is a medical miracle. So, hope, fingers crossed that uh, things things stay in place <laughs> where they belong and and his various parts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my God! All right, I'm gonna like. Um, tell you about some of my boyfriends and actually one of potty mouse boyfriends too but first um joey manessis who's my guy on the nationals i was so excited seeing him in the world baseball classic because he was hitting him out of the park he was doing great he was unstoppable until the national seasons season began and then he was a little bit stoppable so i kept (laughs) him in my starting lineup on my fantasy team because he's going to come around he's going to come around and i swear to you i swear to you that it was just yesterday friday morning when i looked at my roster that i said well screw it He's in a slump, and I benched him. And last night versus versus Minnesota, he hit his first home run. So Joey's back, and yes, I did in fact switch him back into my lineup. So I may just kill. It may not be like you know his like upward momentum. I may just have squashed it by putting him back in my starting lineup. But yay, yay! Did Joey. you not realize he was due? He was due. He was, but he had been due all this time, all this time. I truly tried. I tried. He was overdue. Oh my god! So, so it's saying something that like my my highest performing uh, uh, starting lineup member is Josh Harrison, uh, my Phillies boyfriend, because he's been around for a long time, and I put him in there because I liked him, and he was gonna be my utility guy, and you know he was just gonna be solid, but I didn't expect him to be stellar. Well, this week, I mean, he went three for five, four RBI, including a two-run homer versus the White Sox Tuesday at the, in the beginning of a doubleheader. Um, and, and that was fun because he had played for the White Sox last season. He's got the highest average in my lineup. He's tied with Miles Straw, who I talk about all the time. So I'm not talking about him this week. Pretend I didn't mention him, but who knew that Josh Harrison would be my star for this week? So Garrett Mitchell is Potty Mouth's uh, Milwaukee boyfriend, and I'm, I'm here to bring uh, Potty Mouth and you the bad news that Garrett Uh-oh. damaged his shoulder really badly in the 10th inning oh. um, during slide um, into third base on Tuesday versus Seattle. And he stayed in the game until the end of the game, but then when they did the MRI, I said, oh, no, you are a messed up dude. So he's going to have to have shoulder oh. surgery, and he may be out for the whole season. So, of course, he's saying, I'm going to oh, do no. my best to come back. I'm going to do what I can. He's a rookie, you know, and this is this, that's what's even you know harder because oh. this is his first season, um, and he's out for now. And sorry, potty mouth, here we go. Um, 
and this is similar to what happened to me in, you know, two weeks ago when O'Neill Cruz broke his ankle and is out for a very long time. So I'd put in Alec, oh. Alec Burleson, who's my St. Louis boyfriend who did hit a two-run homer versus Arizona this week. So I'm hopeful that, I mean, he's not going to be an O'Neill Cruz, but I'm, I'm hoping that he can, his bat will, will make up for a lot of things. I did, during the season, I was like, well, I'm picking a lot of infielders. I've got too many infielders. And now I don't because a lot of my infielders are, are on the I.L., so that's one of the reasons. So I was like, wow, I thought I had too many, but I guess you can never have too many. Like you can never have too many catchers. How are how are how are things in boyfriend land on your your Nicola Woods? I'm really excited about my team. I think this might be the best team I've ever had. Like just I don't know how I'll do in the standings, but like just it's fun watching them. It's fun uh I didn't know most of them before um before I picked them, uh, or I knew them but didn't hadn't hoped to ever uh, have them on my team because they were they were taken by Patty and Potty Mouth or other quicker people like Mr. Potty Mouth who's always so on it with the rosters in March. It's like he knows it's coming or something. <laughs> it's like he knows it's coming. <laughs> he's got an inside. He's got inside information. <laughs> um, or he's but got anyway, a calendar. I'm, he's got a calendar. Or, <laughs> oh. <laughs> planning <laughs> um but uh but this year um i picked all these guys that you know like Bo bichette and um paul goldschmidt i uh trey turner who was briefly my backup shortstop which is awesome wow <laughs> you're stacked <laughs> yeah i'm stacked um, but I, I, I always think about this, you know, I get disappointed because I'll be, I'll have somebody on my bench who does really well, but then everybody on the team did really well too. And I think to myself, someone's going to blow out their ankle or shoulder. And then I will be glad to have that guy on the bench. Um, so, um, so I'm just enjoying the early part of the season while I can. Um, and I, uh, even though Patty told me many times I didn't have to do this, I really like the rule about playing one team uh, as playing your pitching squad all from one team, which kills the individual pitching stats, right? Because I don't have six people starting every night, mm -hmm. but um, it is so fun following the Mariners. Like they're on the, they're in the same time zone as me. So it's easy to like, you know, catch up on their games that they're not like, you know, they don't start like in the middle of the afternoon while I'm still working or whatever. Um, and, uh, and their pitching is good. I mean, they, they're struggling with injuries. I have two guys on the, on the bench now and just kind of like shout out to 2012. They started Tommy Malone last <laughs> week. <laughs> Who? Remember him? Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> former, former A's great, former, former Nats great. Uh, <laughs> former great. Is, was he still great? <laughs> yes. Uh, you know what? Actually, they wrote a really nasty player update about him. Like they said something like, like uh, Seattle, the Mariners called up Tommy Malone. It won't be appointment watching for fantasy managers or whatever. Oh. And he threw like six shutout innings or something. Oh it was God. great. Like, like he did awesome. I'll show them. Grr. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 36, <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> um, Anyway, so like, kudos to him for for still having it, and um, and it's just really really cool watching watching a good pitching squad do their thing. So so um, 
can we get a pull quote from you or something about how being part of the fantasy league makes you interested in more games than just like you know your typical favorite team? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> being part of the fantasy league makes me interested in more teams than just my own. No, <laughs> actually, for real, I follow Toronto now. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, even though the, the 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 blue in my hair, which you'll see on our social media when Patty posts the screenshot, uh, is not that is not reflective of a of a, a an attachment to the Blue Jays. But uh, but I do follow the Blue Jays a little bit now because of you know I, I had Vlad Jr. on my team last year and I have Bo Bichette this year, um, so you know. And the, the Mariners, it's just been awesome following them. And they're actually frequent trade partners of the Giants. So um, I feel like I'm watching, you know, former Giants legends and future Giants legends. <laughs> so you just sort of like, you know, embiggened <laughs> your team there, right? <laughs> I've embiggened my team, yeah. <laughs> hey, no, so- but it's cool. Um, so, so what about that that Vlad? He had he had some things to say this week, Vladdy. Speaking speaking of Vladdy Jr. and I, I bring this up not only because he's my former boyfriend, but in honor of Potty Mouth, whose giant shoes I am trying so hard to fill this week. Oh come on, her shoes um, are this big. She's a tiny person. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's big in my imagination. That's true. Personality wise, you can't you can't stop it. So, <laughs> uh, so. For, they were, you know, there was a little piece in the article in the uh, Athletic about um, the chances of Vlad signing a long-term extension with Toronto, which he's actually on record saying that he would like to stay in Toronto long-term. But he also um, he also took time out of his busy day to say, "I would not sign with the Yankees, not even dead." <laughs> I just thought potty mouth would appreciate. <laughs> oh, me too. Me too. It's, it's sort of a policy statement for the podcast. It's like, eh, we admit that they're there, but we don't have to like them. So, okay, yeah, can you imagine? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, Do you think it's only a hair statement? Like, I can't get rid of these this fabulous Q-har that I've got? Um, according to The Athletic, uh, you know, they always have a little section they call backstory. Mm. And in this case, the backstory was one sentence. It was like, it seems like maybe Vlad Sr., tried to sign with the Yankees as a free agent in 2003 uh, and was passed over for, wait for it, Gary Sheffield. Yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> who was older than Vlad at the time. So I'm, yeah. I'm thinking it's probably like a family thing. Because if you think about it, okay, it's 2023. How old is Vlad Jr. now? He's probably in his 20s. He was probably a little kid and dad got rejected by this team. Like mm-hmm. that's, you know you know, sort of a Inigo Montoya kind of moment. Yeah, gr- gr- grudges never die in baseball and in The Princess Bride. Both both, both, both kinds. So- <laughs> yeah. Oh, yay. So Vladdy, who we love anyway, just went back even higher in the estimation of the, the podcast officially. Yeah, there, there, there is an even better quote that I'll get wrong. He said, I like to play in New York. I like to kill the Yankees. Oh, my. Or something like I, I that. I don't condone the violence. I don't condone the violence, but I like the enthusiasm. <laughs> Oh God! Yeah. All right. He's very. He's made his position clear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So yay. So that that was that was in honor of Potty Mouth. Do you have more things in honor yes, of Potty I Mouth? Ha- it looks like you might. I do. Mm-hmm. I do have Am another another it? thing. <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, I love it though because okay. um, Potty Mouth and I share a love of Kike. I even secretly liked Kike when he played for the hated Dodgers. Oh sure. That's so, actually, um, I think that's when Potty Mouth picked him as a boyfriend. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, she did. And I forgave her. 
because it was Kike. Uh, <laughs> and that actually is what inspired me to say, well, maybe maybe I like him despite the fact that he's a Dodger. And then I was really excited when he went to the Red Sox because I could, I could be open about my affection for him. Anyway, Kike recently hit his 100th home run. And in a in a classic, um, you know, intersection of Potty Mouth and Kike, he was interviewed in the dugout on TV about it and said, oh, shit, when he found out that he hit his 100th home run, <laughs> which I, I figure is like exactly what Potty Mouth would say if she hit her 100th home run and they asked her for a reaction. Yeah, so, yeah. They, they really are um, a, a, a match made in baseball, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was a super interesting stat about his, um, he is one of very few players to, um, to hit a hundred home runs and also play at least 10 games at all of the positions except pitcher and catcher. So he's started at least 10 games at first base, second base, third base, shortstop and all field positions. That's super cool. So I know, uh, like, you know, for those of us who remember Ben Zobrist, he's sort of like, like they called him the super utility man. And I feel like Kike is like the ultra utility man. Oh, ultra man. You just brought me back to my youth and like Japanese anime <laughs> cartoons after school. <laughs> yeah. I, I like it. I like it. Okay. And so just, just to put the policy statement out there, I also very much like Kike, but I instituted a rule because we're nothing if not full of stupid rules. And because I was a little bit overwhelmed by the amount of time Kike comes up in conversation during our podcast um, in that it's not officially a Red Sox podcast. So my new rule was you say Kike, I say Manny because it always ticks off potty mouth when I bring up Manny Machado. So I'm going to bring up Manny Machado, but in a way that... Oh, I hate Manny Machado. You do not. You do not. I I I totally do. Okay, well, you're going to think this is, and I'm going to say it, adorable. This story would make potty mouth say that's adorable, which would make all of us drink because that's the official drinking game. So so there is a six-year-old. It's, it involves a six-year-old. That's already it's adorable. Layers of rules around here. There, isn't it? Just there, rules and, upon rules. And they're all dumb, and I make them all up. So you know, <laughs> and you wonder, you you wonder why I react the way I do. Well, it's on the books. It's a rule. You got to follow it. But anyway, so I'm following the use of Kiki. I say manual. There's a six-year-old um, who, whose dad is a Yankees fan. So on TV, they watched a lot of you know, uh, Orioles versus Yankees games on TV mm-hmm. and as a tiny little kid I mean he's only six now got into the Orioles so I already like him because he's rooting for the team against his dad and the Yankees and kind of <laughs> just became enamored of Manny Machado and then like sort of follow that fandom followed to San Diego and he's never seen him in person but he has all the gear he's got the Orioles gear he's got the the Padres gear he's got all the stuff he's all about Manny this tiny little child this kid's very first professional baseball game was at the World Baseball Classic, where, oh, right? Wow. So they live in Miami. So they went to the World Baseball yeah. Classic, and his dad was smart enough to put his to put a you know his camera on his kid when Manny Machado got announced for the Dominican Republic team, and the and this, uh-huh. this kid just lost it. It was like this total emotional. Oh this guy is my idol. I've been waiting my whole life, <laughs> all my almost six years on this planet to meet this guy. And he's like crying and wailing and cheering. And, and so his dad posted this video to Instagram the next day. And he says, oh, just I just wanted to know friends and family to see this because they all know about his obsession. So, of course, it gets to Manny, 
who is in love with this because how cool is that to have this tiny little child be so emotional that's pretty cool about you and sends him a video via instagram saying how like you know how honored he was about this and how excited he was and said, i'm so sorry i didn't get to meet you there i would have loved to have said hello and you know and and and, and you know given you you know something signed but and then he invited him and said next time we're in miami to play you know you'll be my guests at the game oh that's and that is in fact adorable cheers cheers okay here goes the hard cider so it's Manny being a good guy because he's a good guy. He may have had some things in the past, but he's a good guy now, and you can't take that away from me. So there you go. That's that's my Kike Manny thing. Hey, police blotter. All right. Police blotter. My position might be softening on Manny. I have also read things about the Padres and about his ability to be a team leader. So, you know. Yeah. People change. People, people change. grow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you for being so open to that <laughs> and not necessarily holding I mean, a baseball he grudge. He hit a guy in, a, in the head <laughs> with his bat. Uh, you know, not on purpose. <laughs> okay, anyway, anyway, back Probably. to the police blotter. <laughs> but the six-year-old, so cute. <laughs> the six-year-old. Counterpoint. Oh my God! Can you please get me to the police blotter? I want to talk about some more stupid rules that I didn't make up. Let's hear the police. Let's hear the police blotter. Oh my God! So Max Scherzer. Okay, so I've noted. I think we noted a little bit last week that sometimes when people leave the Nationals, things go bad. Like Juan Soto can't hit right now, (laughs) right? And um, what else is going on? Yeah, and so and Max Scherzer apparently is getting all kinds of trouble. And then as we reported last week, Anthony Rendon clearly has gone downhill since leaving. But anyway, so Max Scherzer, who's with the Mets, this is possibly a max thing possibly a well it's the Mets what do you expect's going to happen kind of thing Max Scherzer <laughs> the was, hapless Mets the hapless <laughs> Mets so Max Scherzer was ejected from a game um, in in LA versus the Dodgers on Wednesday because the umpire said his hands were just too sticky and this is oh we're gonna we're gonna quote Bellino again it's the same person you were talking about earlier um mm-hmm. so the he was the home plate umpire and he said Yo, this this is this is great. This this makes it a very specific scale on which they're rating stickiness. He said, as far as level of stickiness, this is the stickiest it's been since I've been inspecting hands, which now goes back three seasons. So on Thursday, <laughs> Major League Baseball announced a 10-game suspension of Scherzer. He is not going to appeal. More about that in just a second. Um the statement that the league put out was really pretty long and involved. This is the third time a pitcher's been ejected um, for violating the sticky stuff policy. The statement noted that he was so sticky that after they checked him for how level, sticky was he? He was so sticky that the umpires couldn't get the substance off their own hands after checking him for whatever level of stickiness. Like, like they, I'm imagining that thing in in the cartoons where there's a black spot and then you rub it off and then it's on this hand and then you put it and then it's on someone else. And- it in fact is exactly that. It is exactly that because that is exactly what happened. So here's the the order of events was you know Max had like the routine check. This one happened after the second. Remember the umpires can decide when. And they do it now it's not always at the mm-hmm. same inning break and right. he was told these are too sticky go wash your hands so max went to wash his hands and he he said it was rosin he used the alcohol to get the rosin off right and then he reapplied mm-hmm. rosin for the next inning and he says well everybody knows that alcohol and rosin gets clumpy which makes you want to say alcohol and and rosin don't mix, right? So, you know, be careful out there, kids. But So he went back out in the third, 
And, you know, they checked him again to see if he had done what he was told to do. And they said, yeah, hey, a little sticky, but you're, now your glove is sticky, right? The, the, the spot then hit the glove. <laughs> and so he switched his glove in the third inning. And then he said, I'd have to be an idiot to, like, use an illegal substance going out in the fourth because clearly they're going to check again because they have been checking him. And Max Scherzer is not an idiot. We all know this. He goes out in the fourth. And they said, oh, you're you're just too damn sticky. And he's like, it's just rosin. It's just rosin. It's just rosin. And he argued the point. He said, I did what you told me to do. I can't help it. It's rosin. And they tossed him because he was arguing that decision. So initially, he was going to appeal because it's just rosin and rosin is allowed. But he said initially he assumed there would be an independent arbiter when when you appeal but apparently it's somebody Mm -hmm. from the league he's like okay forget Mm. it i'm just gonna i'm gonna drop the appeal it's stacked against me i'm not gonna go through all this i'm just gonna serve the 10 game suspension and so he dropped it it's Mm. nutty out there and and and, and it's very like like that scale of oh it's stickier than last time that's is that a real scale (laughs) i don't know so so I have a question about this, and it sounds like you've read more than I. I read like one of the stories, but it sounds like you've read more. Um, so last on last week's podcast, you said that um, I guess uh, Domingo Herman like uses his own rosin bag, mm-hmm. but is that allowed? Like that's not allowed, right? So I did not think that was allowed. I, I was under the impression at the beginning of the season when they talked about the rules that there is a rosin bag on the mound that's there for right. you to use and i right. didn't didn't know that that it was the, yeah so i was surprised to learn that herman had been using and now i'm thinking that max must have been doing the same thing if it's well whatever uh-huh. he reapplied he says it's rosin he had to have done it in the dugout or somewhere else because he was checked going onto the field, not after he got onto the mound right. and used the rosin bag out there. So now I'm wondering about that. Exactly. So the, the problem isn't the using something that's private. The problem is the, uh, we could call it the sticky versus tacky <laughs> designation. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I think we can all agree that Domingo Herman is tacky, but for uh, sure. For sure. That's a very gentle way of putting our feelings towards <laughs> Herman. Yeah. And so like, so in that case, he did, Herman washed his hands, came out. They said, oh, they're still sticky. And they let him pitch anyway. Where, uh, but well, I guess. But, but then Bellino clarified that when, like after they had asked him to wash his hands, it wasn't sticky enough for them to be, cons- there was a, there's a level of stickiness. Right, but that's that seems, scale. That's that seems ultimately very subjective, and it, they should, you know, it does. And they said, "Oh, well, for sure, his was rosin, so we didn't pursue it. It was clearly rosin." And Max is saying, "Mine was." He actually said, "I swear on my my kid's life," and Max is a good dad. I know this because he used to be here, and you know, we would see, you know, and Instagram doesn't lie about, about, about how lovely yeah. he is with his family. So you know, social media always tells the truth. But anyway, I mean, that's how adamant. Yeah. He was like, okay, so, but on the yeah. sliding scale of sticky, there you have it. He sticky got to tacky. sticky yeah. to tacky. He got tossed. Yeah. That's, that's just not right. Yeah. So I, I guess hope like, they can figure this out soon. Yeah. So the umpires have like all kinds of like fuzziness they're dealing with. Yes. 
Should we talk more about that? Let's talk more about that. All right. Well, I read, uh, and this is actually the same person, uh, Dan Bellino. Um, I read an interview uh, with Dan Bellino in The Athletic uh, talking about all about the new rules, mostly about the pitch clock, though. And um, it's a really good piece. Um, he has lots of interesting things to say. And one, one thing that I learned is that, um, you know, the umpires, well, what... <laughs> The umpires have to adjust, have had to adjust uh, very quickly to, just like the players, to um, not only to there being new rules, but to everyone looking to them to be the keepers of those rules. So like, like, and I didn't think about this until he said it, but we all look to the umpires. They have these hand signals for balls and strikes and fair and foul. And was that a check swing, you know, um, and, uh, they're very clear, right? Like, and so uh, they had to like make up new hand signals for like, that's a pitch clock violation or um, this person is calling time or, you know, whatever. So they, they, they have, and they have to, um, you know, there are certain things that are left up to their <clears throat> judgment on the field. Um, so like one example he gave was uh, there was an on-field delay for a pigeon on the field, which, you know, we read stories about that every year. Squirrels, praying mantises. Possums. Uh, oh, wait, no, the possums, possums are in the booth. Okay. <laughs> That's right. The possums are in the booth. We'll get to that. That's right. In a minute. <laughs> um, but uh, I've seen the word possum hyperlinked more in the last 24 hours than I have in the last 10 years. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, so there was a pigeon, there's a pigeon on the field, but he said, you know, now, uh, because of the pitch clock, they have to report to MLB after the game, that like a reason for every delay. Uh, and so he's like, well, what do I call this? A pigeon delay? <laughs> <laughs> like what's, you know, is there a category um, for this? <laughs> yeah. Is there a category for this? Um, so, but one thing I thought was interesting too, is that he said that they are, they are expected to use judgment and common sense. So I feel like the thing with Cody Bellinger should not have happened. I feel like he, you know, that should have been something that he saw him step out of the box to, you know, get his ovation and should have just called yeah. time. But, but I have more compassion now because they're figuring out a lot of different things. Like he, he told another story about how a clock stopped working uh, at a game, like one of the delay clocks. So they had to like between innings, they had to like um, get that clock turned off and notify all the teams. Hey, don't look at the home plate clock. Look at the uh, look at the field level clocks because that clock isn't right. And you know, like it, th there's a lot a lot going on. And you know, he said they, that that um, he noticed that fans. Um, he said the rules have been great because fans are not looking at their iPhones anymore between between pitches. Like they're not as distracted. He said it's noticeable. Um, oh. And um, I feel like, I know we've talked, you know, you all have talked before about safety on this show. And I think that's, that's better for the fans in terms of safety because bats and balls go flying, you know, but when there's 30, 40, 50 seconds between each pitch, are you going to sit there like with your eyes glued to, you know, yeah. the, whether the pitch is coming, uh, just it's a normal human thing. You're going to look away. You're going to turn to your, uh, seatmate and talk or whatever. So um, I feel like it's improving the game in many ways, including safety. Yeah, I do feel 
more engaged. I used to think it was where I sat in the ballpark made, you know, led to me being more engaged or not, which is why I never liked sitting in the outfield because I always felt it was too far away to be engaged. But now with the, I, I was completely engaged the last game I went to when I was way the heck up, up high, you know, by the, by the pole in, mm-hmm. in right field. I was totally mm-hmm. engaged because I didn't have that look away thing. It, things were happening super mm-hmm. fast and I stayed in it. And I thought, oh, oh, it's not just that it's it, it's I think it is working you know it, the pace of play is all kinds of unintended consequences and putting down the damn phones and watching the game more is a good one yeah yeah it's great he also said just as um in terms of his own work and his own job he said I feel better after the games it's it's 30 minutes less standing on my feet it's 30 minutes less concentrating and like watching because you know the umpires of course have to just watch you know, with incredible attention. He said it's 30 minutes less crouching down. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just it's just better. He said, I feel like I'll have a longer career because um, because I'm, you know, working a little bit less each night. I wonder if that's going to extend to catchers too, right? Because they have, I bet. They have I mean, a similar I, stress I, physically. Yeah, or fielders, you know, like, um, you know, fielders sitting – you know, they've talked a lot about how between innings, you know, like the fielders when they're sitting in the dugout get cold yeah. and then all of a sudden they're fielding and they're running around again. And it's, yeah. it's you know, there's stuff like hamstring injuries. Those those cold muscle injuries are, are you know, might be improved. This makes someone me... will do a study. Well, the, the study that I want is we have talked a long time ago. We talked about how someone did a study on how late inning calls by umpires sometimes tended to favor the team that was winning to like finish the game sooner. And I wonder if the game being shorter might improve the quality of calls in the ninth inning or an extra innings because they're, because they've saved that 30 minutes and then it's like, okay, it's not like, Oh, I got dinner plans. Okay. Yeah. No borderline, but yeah, no, you're out. Cause we got to move on. Yeah. That is, that is a study I would like to see too. Yeah. That's that's interesting. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Come on, smart people. <laughs> we know some of those. We know some of those. Please, please bend to our will and, and give us the studies that we want. Um, hey, quick little update on a couple of couple of pitchers that, that we know and love. So Madison Bumgartner, man, DFA'd by Oof. Arizona. He had a terrible yeah. couple of starts. His first four starts for Arizona, ERA of 10.26. He didn't last more than five innings in a single game. And they needed him gone so much, they're on the hook for $34 million of his salary that they're going to pay out just to not have him play. He's 34. He had a 15-year career, and that's a big fan for a while. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really a shame. Uh, You know, he had a great great run here. He'll he'll always be super beloved in uh, in the Bay Area. Um, At the same time, he had his issues, and I think they were starting to show not just on-field issues, but you know he's got that whole unwritten rules BS. Uh, oh right. yeah, I can curse on this podcast. That whole yes, unwritten rules bullshit. <laughs> you know. Now I've got to check the picking... damn explicit language box. I was doing so well. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. The damn explicit language box. <laughs> Hell yes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so um, even though, uh, like, I loved him while he was here, I'm not going to lie about that, um, it always made me uncomfortable how willing he was to pick fights, honestly, especially with the Latino players, you know, mm-hmm. like, 
like that you know that he felt showed up or whatever it's like come on dude are you that fragile like really just you know strike him out that's how you you know strike him out that right that'll shut him up <laughs> you know yeah show him that way don't just hit him yeah 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 or like it's not even like hitting him like he would like stalk off the mound and like you know yeah. threaten them like that's that's not cool um and then you know uh you know, he um, he was having dirt bike accidents and not telling the team before it was cool. Uh, <laughs> so uh, he that was, uh, I think, back in 2018, I think he had a, a, a motorcycle accident um, like during the season oh, on no. an off day in April. Like, like, come on, dude. You're And this was like after all of this huge success, like like you're the staff ace. Like, what were you thinking? You know, and he was out for months with that, like, you know, he separated his shoulder or whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't even remember what it was, but it it wasn't as bad as the Tatis injury, but which is obviously what I'm referring to. But um, yeah, so sometimes you see teams keeping the veterans on the staff because of their leadership. And I'm guessing that that wasn't going to work that wasn't going to be effective in this case. So, all right, sorry, we'd rather pay your your money and send you off because you're exactly, not providing exactly. That. You're not the yeah. We I mean, set. right. And I think that he hadn't really built up any cultural uh, capital. Like, it, you know, I think he was. He, you know, I think he was still under contract in San Francisco, and obviously the whole uh, ownership, not ownership, but the management changed. Um, Right before, and the, you know, he was due for his extension, and um, the the Zaidi regime they don't do long extensions like mm-hmm. with anyone, and you know, to, uh, actually to the to a detrimental effect, like they they let Kevin Gossman walk and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So um, so they just were never going to sign Bumgarner to a big extension, um, but um, you know, I think if they had, it would have been partly because he was so loved by the fans and so loved on the staff and such a, you know, everyone looked up to him and all that kind of stuff. But that none of that is true. When you go to a new team, it's you're just that guy. You're not, yeah. you, you know. You're a hey, new guy. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. so on the flip side of that, um, three-time all-star relief pitcher for the White Sox, Liam Hendricks, um, is showing excellent leadership. Uh, he, you may remember, we told you he was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin lymphoma back in January. He just mm. finished chemo, and all along his his recovery and his treatment, he's been posting about it. He's one of those guys that invites the public into what's happening with his health, mainly because you know he wants to. He has that connection with fans, but also. I'm doing this. You can also get through this, right? It's like showing, mm. he's, he's setting a good example. He's being nice. a good role model. So he just finished chemo and he's officially in remission. He's currently cancer free when he just announced that. So it's super exciting. So um, a big no crying in baseball hooray for you, Liam Hendricks. There's not a schedule yet for him coming back to the team. He's been hanging out with the team, but as far as playing, because obviously he missed spring training. And so he's got a long, you right. know, uphill battle to right. get warmed up, but he's been with them all along and he's been a real presence and showing a lot of leadership and i'm really excited that he has had successful treatment. not surprised former shutdown reliever for the a's oh so. hey hey how about those a's Should but we who go- isn't <laughs> <laughs> what a great farm team those athletics are <laughs> um right <laughs> yeah i so i coerced our west coast correspondent 
into co-hosting with me this week, uh, mainly because I adore co-hosting with Deborah, but also secondarily because there was this announcement a few days ago about the Oakland A's buying buying some property because I hear real estate's a great investment. Oof, yeah, let's talk about the uh, the stomper elephant in the room. Do it. Um, what you got? And by the way, I was not coerced. Uh, I <laughs> was like really, I was really bummed that I wasn't going to be able to co-host because of the, you know, because uh, that you record on Sundays. And so, thank you, Patty, for moving the recording so that I could I could join. Um, so yeah, news broke this week, surprising almost no one, probably, <laughs> that the A's are signed a binding contract on land in Las Vegas for a uh, for a stadium, which is like a huge step towards um, towards them moving. Um, and um, I say surprising no one because uh, if you've followed the the story of the negotiations with the city of Oakland, the plan that they had to build a stadium basically in downtown Oakland was never a very realistic one in terms of actually getting it done in time. Um, and so, uh, and I, I just want to have a big disclaimer that like, I am just a fan and not even a particularly devoted one. <laughs> um, I'm really just a fan of baseball. I follow the Giants. I follow the A's. I still follow the Phillies, my childhood team. So, like, I'm not, like, particularly knowledgeable or, or devoted about, you know, the A's and, and or even Oakland politics. But my impression is that um, the place where they wanted to build is, first of all, a former, um, a former port terminal with a lot of environmental issues, like a lot of like hazardous waste that was going to have to be um, remediated. The laws are very strict in California about doing that kind of thing. Um, I'm familiar with the company that wrote the environmental impact report about it. And like California's environmental laws are no joke. They're much stricter than the national ones. So there was a lot that was going to have to get done. Um, Oakland is a place that, um, that, where there is a lot of tech money and there is also a lot of like very active anti-gentrification work, um, which is awesome. Um, and it's some of the most active um, anti-gentrification work maybe in the whole country. Um, and so like no one was just going to let a stadium get built and allow like, you know, fans who can afford tickets to just like come on in and enjoy the game and then leave. And, you know, like that, that kind of development that gets done <clears throat> to build a sports stadium was not going to be easy. Like, I, I think it's possible. Um, like, I think it's possible to build a sports stadium that also respects the community, that also provides jobs, that also is good, is a benefit to everyone. But I don't think the A's ownership was ever negotiating in good faith on that. You know, mm -hmm. what they wanted was a stadium so that, you know, people could come in from the suburbs or wherever. And, and so they could like just make money. And if it was going to, if there was going to be any hiccups, like for, you know, that pesky hazardous waste or those pesky people who actually live there, uh, they were not going to, they were not going to deal with that. Um, so that's, that's my impression. I, I, admit I have a bias about that kind of stuff, sure. but, um, 
that's that's my impression as someone who's who has lived in Oakland in the past and who still lives nearby. So, so the last time we reported on this, it seemed like things were moving slowly, but in a direction that would check off the boxes to make this happen at the port site in Oakland. But it seems like the things that were reported widely aren't aren't getting to what you're talking about. It was like the the local. Um, the, the anti-gentrification stuff was not like in the, the national news that I was seeing. The, the the environmental stuff was, but it seemed like it was doable. It was money and time, but you're also saying it's, it'll be too much time and money they don't want to spend. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, the city of Oakland was expected to put up a lot of money. And I think they were expected to, you know, I think typically if the city is going to fund stuff like, and I, again, not totally familiar. So if anything I'm saying is incorrect, you know where to find uh, that's us. That's my own fault. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, send send those complaints to Potty Mouth. <laughs> She'll deal with it. That's um, what happens when you go to Phillies uh, games without us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really? Come on. What are you thinking? <laughs> um, but like you know, it isn't just a stadium. It's like a stadium complex with housing and stuff like that. And so some of the housing units have to be set aside to be affordable if city money is involved. And there's a lot of regulations around that, which are designed. Those are the mechanisms for preventing um, widespread gentrification. So that that's where the gentrification piece comes in. And I think the city of Oakland wasn't just going to sign a check for a lot of money without saying like, okay, how many of those units are going to be affordable? And like they have their rules, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, that's that's my impression of and, and I think that um, while things appeared to be moving forward, I think that, um, you know, there were signs all along, you know, like the I don't know how to pronounce his name, but the the president, uh, Dave Cavill, Cavill, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just like posting on Instagram from Las Vegas, like, oh, isn't this awesome and stuff like that. Like those are just that's the, those are the the actions of someone who is not negotiating in good faith, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. He's not just trolling. He's like, no, I'm, I'm here. This is, this is where we're going. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So so what, do you have a sense for like what the, like the fan level vibe is about this? I mean, it's like, it looks like fan choices were, you know, the dive bar and I love dive bars. That is the Coliseum. There is like this, (laughs) this, you know, this potential new place that's racked with, problems like on the port or losing the team altogether i think none of those things seem like really great choices for the fan base well i think the fan base probably would have loved i would have loved to go to games at howard terminal i'm not i'm absolutely not saying that they shouldn't have built a stadium at howard terminal i think it would have been even better than the one um in san francisco because it's better weather in Mm -hmm. oakland um so um you know i think if if the if the team ownership would have been on board with doing it right, which I don't think would be that burdensome to them. I just want to go on record saying like, it is not that hard to make some of your units affordable. It is not that hard to guarantee that you will give X number of jobs to local people. Like these are not terrible burdens. (laughs) They're pretty easy. People do it. There's tons of affordable development in Oakland and San Francisco. Um, So, uh, you know, I think most of the fans would have loved to to be part of that. Um, a lot of fans, you know, I even considered buying, they had these like really innovative um, season ticket like slices, like you could split 
a season ticket with like six other people which yeah. is basically the only thing that even comes close to being in my price range right. <laughs> even for the a's uh-huh. uh and and like that would have been cool i almost did that um they had it they had built a um they had built a like a kind of open area in up in the top of the coliseum i forget what they called it but it was like you could pay a pretty low price for a ticket and just have access to any seat in that section and then it was also like attached to a restaurant i don't know if other parks even do this but um i thought that was really cool so they were they they came up with some really innovative things and that was even at the coliseum but it was nice you know and i mean the coliseum's old but um you know, so it's it's obviously got issues now. Like it's a home to wildlife. It was a great, yeah. You know, <laughs> it's a home to wildlife. Hashtag possum. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but but yeah, I think the fans would have gone on, would have gladly uh, come come back. I mean, um, there's been a lot written recently about how there's been less than ten thousand fans average for the last few years. But the last time the A's made the playoffs. They opened Mount Davis. Does everybody know what Mount Davis is? No, we do not. <laughs> Mount, Mount Davis is this uh, part of the Coliseum. It's like a third or fourth upper deck that's really more for more suitable for football fans uh, that Al Davis built in uh, the 90s when mm-hmm. the Raiders came back. So back they when call you had a football team. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Um, so, uh, you know, it, there's it, people complain a lot about Mount Davis because it, it like the way they built it, it kind of blocked out the sun and it, it made the Coliseum like not as pretty as it had been. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, but with all that, the the baseball fans were sitting there, the, you know, they were selling out during the stretch run and the playoffs of one year. I can't remember which year it was like 2016, 2017, something like that. And they finally, like the fans like raised an uproar and they finally opened Mount Davis and sold those seats and they, those sold out too. So like, come on, you can draw fans, you know, yeah, even you need, at the Coliseum. You need a better product, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, or you yeah. did not stop selling your product, you know, like yeah. every, you know, who's going to buy a jersey when the guy's going to be gone next year? You know, right? right. Yeah, yeah, treat the team like it's not, in fact, the farm team that we were kidding about earlier. Yep, exactly. For exactly. Sure. Wow. Um, I th- honestly, I, th- I'm sad for Oakland. I'm happy for Vegas. I, I can hold both of those things together. I think Vegas will be a good home. Yeah, me too. For a baseball team, um, I really do. So that's going to do well. But I just, I hate, you know, as a Cleveland girl who lost my football team. At one point, I understand the feeling of loss. And now this is like the second time it's happening to to Oakland fans of, you know, a team saying, OK, well, bye. Bye. Um, third. Third. If you can, if you count the Warriors. Yeah. 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 Oh, right. Of yeah. course. Yeah. Of course. Yikes. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. OK, so here's my prediction. There's going to be a hockey arena built at Howard Terminal and you're going to get an expansion <laughs> hockey team that's going to be there for at least five years. <laughs> Uh, you know, <laughs> it's funny. You know, I, I actually don't feel that bad about them leaving. I think that it's, uh, you know, it's sad. Uh, but like I said, I'm not like one of those lifelong A's fans or anything. Um, so I'm, you know, I, I too can hold both things. I'm sad about them leaving. I'm, I'm happy for Las Vegas. I think Las Vegas is a great market for a, for a baseball team, a sports team. Uh, they've clearly shown that they can support, uh, you know, a hockey team and mm-hmm. a football team. Um, even not a particularly good football team, it seems. Um, but um, but anyway, um, 
funny story about the NHL. I was just reading more stories about the this Oakland thing, but Oakland actually had an expansion hockey team. No. Uh, yes, um, it was the Golden. It's not the Golden Knights. It's like the Golden State Seals. The Golden Seals. Okay. Uh, and then they they moved. Where did they move? I want to say they moved to Cleveland and then folded, like <laughs> back in the sixties. Okay, you know, I was gonna uh, say it's been a long time because yeah. I do not remember that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll we can fact check that after the show, but I just that was just a random thing I read. So like, someone will fact check that for come. us. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, the intern will do it, right? <laughs> Probably already has. Yep. Yep. Oh my god. Um, but but your prediction has already come true. So you are you you have already um, you've predicted the past. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! So. Oh no! Well, uh, my powers of prediction don't carry on very well to fantasy baseball. I am officially in dead last place. I don't remember being Aww. in dead last place. Um, possibly our first season. I'm okay. I feel like I can support all of you. Um, from my position, you know, in the basement, I am, I'm a good foundation on which you can all build. Um, but I'm going to tell you that the top, I would tell you the top five, but I feel like I need to go six because, you know, number one, Bo knows boyfriends has a commanding lead. Uh, the A's suck badly. Oh, look at that. We're on a theme. And number two, also with with pretty good distance before and all that jazz, which is in third place, but there's this team that has a new name. What, what, can you tell us about this new name? Yeah, I, I I love my the names of the guys on my team, and I'm still getting to know them, and I kind of can't tell them all apart. <laughs> so uh, so I used to be uh, two Pauls, two Bryces, and a Bo. Uh-huh. But this week I changed my name to Ryan and Austin and Kyle and Logan. I'm picturing one of those black those... T-shirts with the ampersands on it. <laughs> exactly. And, and screw you, Yahoo, for not letting me use an ampersand or a comma. <laughs> Damn it. That's not my rule. That's not my rule. I would override that rule for you if I possibly could. But anyway, you guys, all, you Thank and all, you. all of your Ryan and Austin fans, friends are in fourth place and pretty close behind third place. But also hot on your heels are the kids, again, who said it and forget it and are holding steady at in fifth place. And oh, my God, Potty Mouth's posse is in sixth. And I'm so, so happy for Potty Mouth. And um, I'm not even going to make any jokes about that. Yay. Good going, Potty Mouth. <laughs> Good going. Good for you, Potty Mouth. Yes. Yes. Deborah, do you have anything exciting and fun happening this coming week? Whew. Well, not going to any baseball games, so that's a bummer. Uh, I don't know. It's just the usual around here. The weather's finally better out here. So, um, you know, if I had wanted an actual cold winter, I would still live on the East Coast. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, we're hoping for nice weather on Tuesday because I'm going with Potty Mouth and Mr. Potty Mouth to Camden Yards because the Red Sox are in town playing my Orioles. And we've got $10 bleacher seats because the Orioles know how to get fans in the stands on a weeknight, my friends. And we're taking off early so we can go to check our spot before. So hooray, it's going to be a fun day and we're going to be um, good naturedly yelling at each other the way we do. <laughs> 
Oh my gosh. That's great. Yes. Well, if you're not going to any games this week and um, possibly you're out enjoying the weather like Deborah will be, please feel free to listen to some past episodes and leave us a rating or a review. If you have friends or family you think might like to listen to us talk about baseball, please do tell them about us. Um, I have a feeling um, you might need to use the corrections department this week. I don't know if that's for sure, but for corrections, for compliments, for just chatting, you can find us on social media. Can you help us with that, Deborah? Yes, we are on Twitter at NCIB Podcast, Facebook and Instagram at No Crying in B Ball. And if you feel like becoming a, a patron, you can find us on Patreon at no, patreon.com slash no crying in B Ball. Yes, we, we help us fund that intern. That's that right. That's that's right. Yeah. Well, so um, oh, wait, am I the intern? I think I'm the intern. You, you're, no, no, no. You're our guest host. You're our guest host. We do have an official intern. We do have an official intern and he gets paid exactly the same salary as all of us. So, <laughs> so that's our oh, well, you also have tech support. So that's good. Right. Who also gets paid the same salary. We believe in equality and, and you know, yeah, that's it. That's it. Eat the rich. Uh, so, so great. So great that everyone makes the same around here. <laughs> oh, good God. I want to be independently wealthy and retired to just do nothing but baseball all day long. One day, one day. Yes. In the meantime, please make sure you're boosted because we want you going to baseball games and not being a super spreader. We want you to fight the man because it's the right thing to do. Send your game balls to Meredith. And until next week, say good night, uh, potty mouth. Good night, potty mouth, wherever you are. <laughs>